Hi, this is Terrell Somerville, the lead pastor of Freedom Church. Welcome to our podcast. We hope you enjoy the message today and that you'd also take time to get plugged in to your local church. We believe you can't do life alone, so we learn to do life together. I also want to thank our givers who make this podcast possible. If you are blessed by this ministry, please consider subscribing, giving, and sharing this with your friends and family. God bless you. Glory be to his holy, holy name. We are so blessed and so thankful you can take your seat. Man, it's an amazing day today. I'm so glad you're here. You guys look great. You know, look at the person next to you and say, you look great. Now, if that was not your wife, now look back at your wife, guys. Be sure you tell your wife, she looks really great, right? Okay, let's make sure we get that. Hey, we are so blessed to be here today. We are such blessed people. And I just want to say thank you for being here. Thank you for those of you that are watching online. If you're first time online or first time in person, thank you for being here today. What a blessing it is to be able to stand before you. You know, and I just want to say thank you for all of you for uh, the times that you um, prayed for me and Shanda as we went through this COVID-19, this China virus thing. And thank you for that. And um, it's just so, so good to know that you have people that love you and uh, I appreciate that from all of you. You guys are wonderful, wonderful people. I love each one of you very much. I've never met you. I love you so much and I can't love you like my great Savior loves you. He gave his life for you. So uh, today I also want to say thank you to uh, Pastor Jim and Stacy last week, the last couple of weeks. All them guys are amazing. Then God used them. You guys give them a hand. They're just awesome people. Awesome people. And you know what? It don't get any better than the FC Praise team. Man, what about these guys right here, huh? Give them some love. We appreciate them so much. Thank you, Daniel. She makes me sound so spiritual when I talk, don't she? It's good. It's good. Because if I talk without her plan, it's just talk. But it's spiritual. Otherwise, see, look at there. She just cut that off. It don't even sound spiritual anymore. Just keep playing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, thank you, Daniel. Thank you so much. Hey, uh, you know, as I was praying over these past couple of weeks, and uh, one of the hardest things what I have found is to thank God in difficult times. Would you agree with that? You agree with me? It's really hard to thank God with difficult times going on, you know? And so my wife and I, we actually have built a home here in Gallatin, and we were finishing up and getting there. And next thing you know, I come down with this COVID thing. You know, hey, uh, I went home on a Monday night, and I went in there and I went to taste something and eat something and it did not taste or eat or nothing. It was just mass in the mouth. I'm not kidding you. It freaked me out so bad. I went and woke Shanda up. I said, I can't taste nothing. I can't smell nothing. It's done. And I said, she said, oh no. I said, that's what I say. Oh no. You know, I thought I had just sinus headache. You know, that's all it was like sinus pressure. You've all probably had that before. It was like a sinus headache. But anyway, went and got tested. She lost her taste and smell the next morning. We love each other. We have COVID love. It's really good. And uh, so anyway, um, we both got it and we went through it those couple of weeks. But here's what's so bad. When you can't see your family, you know, I love my girls and I love my son-in-laws, but when you can't hug and, hug and grandbabies, that's an issue, okay? That's a major issue. I mean, it got really real for me. And not only that, we would go places and go together and we would try to, we stay away from people and social distance, all that kind of stuff and quarantine. But man, we would drive by a restaurant and say, let's go in here and eat, I'm hungry. You can't, you can't go in here and eat. And I'm thinking, it's not right. 
this is just not right, you know. So finally, after starving to death and losing a few pounds, I got through the deal. Thank you, Jesus. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Anyway, so, <laughs> so anyway, I'm, I got through it and everything. But, uh, you know, how many of you would agree with me? 2020's been one tough year, right? You agree with me? You might not have got COVID or you did get COVID. Or maybe that wasn't your issue at all. Maybe it's a situation you lost your job. You had to close the doors to your business or maybe it just seems like it everywhere you go criticize you just get criticized just criticism seems to be stamped on your forehead or or maybe it's a situation where that you went through this rough patch in your marriage and you think he's gonna get on the other side of it or maybe worse than that you're thinking about thanksgiving and it's this coming thursday and the one that always prayed the prayer and sat at the certain table left this world this year and that's been on your mind and it's been racing through your mind and wondering who's going to pray the prayer because they always did or maybe you're just worried about being alone at thanksgiving you know can we thank god in tough times we can we really can god put this particular verse on my heart and now I know why he did. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. Listen to what Paul says here. He says, be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Now, I want you to understand something about the setting of this verse here is this. Paul is not saying that it, it doesn't say give thanks for everything. That's not what the verse says. It says to give thanks in every circumstance. Now, this is one verse in the Bible that gets misinterpreted a lot. Because when you look at this verse here, you don't have to give thanks for evil that's going on in this world. You don't have to give thanks for COVID-19. You don't have to give thanks. The Bible does not tell us to be thankful for those types of things. But in every circumstance, no matter how bad it is, need to be thankful sometimes that's tough really tough so there's a couple of things I want to share with you to give God thanks because I want you to think about this when you give God thanks because his purpose is a lot bigger than my problems or yours it really is. You say, what do you mean by that, Pastor? Look what Paul told the church at Rome. It's so applicable to us. He's, in Romans 8, 28, a very notable and well-known verse. But he says, and we know that God causes everything. God causes everything to work together. Synonymous. For the good of those, say of those, who love God. Now, how many of you here love God? Raise your hand. Well, see, God is going to cause things to work for the good of those who love God. And then the second part in this, that are called according to his what? What's that word? His purpose for them. So if, he is, if we are loving God, we are his children, and there's a purpose for you and me that's his purpose Understand that God is going to give us power to overcome the problems. He's going to get us through the problems. And here's what's so cool about it. I know that if I follow God and I seek his face through these moments, I'm going to grow exponentially if I allow God to help me. 
See, I might not be thankful for some of the things that I'm going through, but I can be thankful despite of the things that I'm going through. Does that make sense to you? See, you don't understand, Pastor. How in the world can I be grateful? You don't understand. My spouse just walked out. Let me hear one of the kids. You don't understand, Pastor. I lost a job. I had a job for years and years and years and years, and I lost that job, and I really don't know what to do with myself. I don't know how I'm going to make it. Or you don't understand, Pastor, you got your health back through this thing you just went through. My health is on the chopping block. You just don't understand. Here's what I want to tell you. You've got to change your focus and look at what you have, not what you've lost. It's so important that you understand that you have an awful lot. And first and foremost, at the moment, you're alive for one thing. So the question is, what are you taking for granted in this life? Are you taking your health for granted? There's people across the world that can get no medical care even if they want it. Are you taking your freedom for granted? When there's millions of people that died from the inception of our country, that you could get up this morning and come and worship a wonderful God who loves you. Are you taking your relationships for granted around you that love you despite of yourself? You know what I'm saying? Are you taking anything in your life for granted that comes down to the most simplistic things, which could be the food you eat, the clothes you wear, and the shoes you wear? I'm ashamed to say, I didn't tell us in the last service, I don't know who this was, I have 34 pairs of shoes. That's no life and matter. Y'all shut up. I have 34 pairs of shoes. Is that ridiculous or what? You know what my girls used to call me? A metrosexual. I don't know what that means, but they used to call me that. I hope that's not a bad word, okay? That's all I can say. But anyway, I want you to think for a moment. What are you taking for granted? Are you taking granted those things, your bed, your bath, or beyond, whatever? Are you taking those things for granted? Because a lot of times we do. There's an old hymnal that says, count your blessings, count them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Are you counting them one by one? If not, maybe you need to just take a piece of paper when you're mully grubbing and your circumstances seem like they're swallowing you. Take a piece of paper and begin to count those blessings one by one. Put them in the notes in your phone. Maybe you need to think about your family. Maybe you need to think about your friends. Maybe you need to think about you have a church family. Maybe you really need to think when you're born again, the gift of salvation that cost heaven its best and his name is Jesus. It cost heaven its best, church. Come on now. What are other reasons we can be thankful for? times are tough i think every one of us need to be reminded of everything that god 
has given you and me. Becoming a truly grateful person. Did you know it can be one of the healthiest changes you can make in your life, especially as we approach a new year? And you can think about the things that you want to do in the new year. Uh, that, ch that change of being a person that's being thankful for the things around you can be better than the diet plan or the exercise plan you plan on starting at the first of the year and falling off three weeks later. I'm telling you. Do you know that love isn't the healthiest emotion? Gratitude is. I don't know if you knew that, but gratitude is the healthiest emotion. And when you're thankful, despite of your circumstances and your situation and the problems that you have, understand that you are more resistant to health issues and stress. Did you know that? Proven fact. Proven fact. Besides, you can't find God's will for your life when you're ungrateful. Just can't find it. Let's read 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 again. It says, Paul says, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So in other words, it's, if you're not living a grateful life, despite your circumstances, you're out of God's will. Simple. You don't have God's will in your life. People want to know God's will. I have so many people, Pastor, I just want to know God's will. I just want to know God's will. They want to know God's will for their life. And when people ask about God's will, you know what people are thinking God's will is? They think in the matter of particular areas of life. They think, who should I marry? Where should I go to school? What job should I accept? You know, these are things that they're thinking. You know what? All these things and anything else you might think of, these are all number twos when it comes to God's will for your life. You know what God's foremost will is for your life? Listen to this. You ready? Learn to give him thanks continually. Learn to give him thanks continually in your life. See, God's will is, is not a matter of what happens in my life or in yours. I am to give thanks, not for the circumstances that's going on in my life, but I'm to give thanks to him in my circumstances. So I hope you understand that. We give God thanks because his purpose is bigger than our problems. We also give God thanks because God's vision for my life is greater than the circumstances of any given day. You understand what I'm saying by that? No matter what you're facing in this life, God's plan for your life is so much greater than what you face on any given day in your life. You've got to live for God's vision for you, not in your circumstances. Let me say that again. You've got to live for God's vision for you, not in your standard circumstances. So many people are living in their circumstances. God created you to rise above your circumstances. That's getting you down in this life. Sometimes you just need to woo, step back, take a deep breath, and look around and say, it's a bad day, not a bad life. crucial absolutely crucial that you think in those manners see when you change your focus and you begin to look at the big picture of god's vision for your life you know what happens in circumstances they begin to wane and they get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller god's will for you and me 
is to have that continual attitude of gratitude. And so I want to ask a very important question right now. I don't want to ask you to be vulnerable enough to raise your hand in God's house. How many of you in this moment and in this season of your life, you could lift your hand and say, I could use a miracle right now. Would you lift your hand to heaven? Thank you for your honesty. Thank you, guys. You know how you can receive that miracle? It begins with being grateful. You say, what do you mean, pastor? Listen, gratitude is a miracle-creating attitude. Let me say that again. Gratitude is a miracle-creating attitude that you should take on. It has the power to transform in your life seemingly unsolvable situations that you may be going through. And when you begin to thank and you begin to praise God in the midst of the problems that you're in the middle of right now, He will do a miracle and He will turn things around for you. So how do you know this, Pastor? Because it's very simple. A greatest, greatest evidence of this in Scripture is in Acts chapter 16. Here, Paul and Silas are preaching, and they're on a missionary journey, and they're preaching, and they're there at Philippi, and they're going through the things that they're doing, and they pray over a demon-possessed girl, and she loses the demon. And that was how all these people were making money. And they get really, really mad at Paul and Silas, and things go south very, very fast. But in the power and the praise and the attitude they had, God shows up. See, Paul and Silas here is preaching and teaching, but it wasn't well-received because they were praying. And next thing you know, the crowd begins to stone them and beat them and threw them in prison. Look what it says in Acts 16, verse 25. Around midnight, when most of us are snoring, right? Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were, what's that word? Listening. Now, do you realize once again, I want you to understand, and you might go home this week and read this story. Do you realize that up to this point, Paul and Silas were grabbed, they were dragged, they were lied about, they were stripped and beaten with rods. I'm talking severely beaten with rods. They were thrown into prison, they were put into an inner, inner dungeon, and then they had clamps of stocks put on their feet, physically shackled. Now, there's one thing I don't understand. Where in this verse does it say that Paul and Silas were smoking crack? You think, well, that's funny. Now, what's funny is, how in the world could they be praising God, singing hymns with what they just went through? See, all of us have had these help me God moments. Help me, God. Help me, God. But this is an unbelievable situation that these two men are praising the Savior. And Paul and Silas, what they decided to do in this moment is what a lot of us will be guilty of not doing. Is that they chose to change their focus from their circumstances. And they knew that God had a vision and he would give provision for their life. So they didn't worry in the moment. They started worshiping in the moment. You see the difference here? That's a word for all of us. No matter what your circumstances is, no matter what your situation is, no matter how big the problem looks, you focus on the Savior, you don't worry, you just begin to worship. 
See, when you start to worship and you're not worrying, you know what you're being able to say to God in heaven? That God, you're big and this situation is small and you're greater than what I'm going through. And I'm going to give you glory. I'm going to give you honor. I'm going to give you praise because you're going to get me through this situation. And here's the biggest thing about it. As long as there is someone in the sky who loves me, there's nobody on this earth that's ever going to break me in the name of Jesus. It's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Paul and Silas, think about these guys. They had a horrible, terrible, no good, very bad day that most of us, if not all of us, have never had in our lives. Or they could focus on that or they could pray to God and praise him and worship it away. Get this. I had you repeat one word a while ago. The other prisoners were listening. And they're thinking, these guys are out of their ever-loving minds. Some of you, you worry about who's watching you when you're worshiping here at Freedom Church. You're worried about that and how that you're worshiping. And Paul and Silas, they didn't care what other people thought. They were praying and praising God and they weren't going to worry and they were just going to worship because that's what Christians are to do. We're to give worship to the God in heaven who gave us breath and life, gave us a soul, gave us Jesus to be forgiven of sin and going to give us a great life now and a great eternity. Well, I don't just, you don't understand, Pastor. I don't worship like them people up here on the front over here do. I just, they just a little weird. They just a little bit weird. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You see, yeah, you worship like them because I've watched a lot of soccer moms and football dads. And man, when your kid scores out there on that field, whoa, whoa, man, you see my kid? Wow, whoa, 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 whoa. Am I, if, I, if I'm lying, I'm dying, am I right? So if you don't know, I mean, I'm not saying everybody worships different, everybody's created different. Don't get me that, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that you have to worship like everybody else. It says raise, lift holy hands unto the Lord. Is that scripture right? It says clap your hands unto the Lord. Is that right? That's scripture. If you don't know how to use your hands, just think about the old movie, Cry to Kid. Wax on, wax off, wax on, wax off, just do it. Or you think about your football team and just, they hit it through the upright. Oh, hit the uprights, 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 Jesus, uprights, Jesus, yeah. Whatever you want to do, but man, get your focus on worship and leave the worry away. Because that's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to worry yourself and mulligan. Let me tell you a word. Let me, all right, all right I, yes, Lord, I'll do this. I wasn't going to do this. This is what the Lord, the, the word, the Lord spoke to me in my green room back here because I didn't go out and be around people. I will next week. I love to talk to you guys. Just going to give it about a month to be away from you guys, okay? What the enemy does, and I don't know who this is for, so I'm being obedient. What the enemy does is that he does everything to take your circumstances to distract you so he can continue to attack you. Do you hear that? So when you're focusing on your circumstances, then you are beginning to get mully grubbed and pulled down and pulled away from the God in heaven who can take care of your situation so he's distracting you with the small things so he can attack you and bigger things to take you away from God. 
continually takes our circumstances, takes our situations, takes our problems to distract us, the enemy does, to attack us and take us away from that vital relationship and giving power that God has for every one of us. Now we know Paul and Silas was worshiping and it wasn't because their life was peaches and cream. Any, can, any, any one of us can worship God when everything is good. You can worship God and praise him, man. You got the promotion. You can worship and praise God because the girl you've been bugging to go out with you, you finally got your date. You can worship God because you came home from the doctor and your test was negative for COVID. Yeah, I ain't got, I ain't got a quarantine. Yeah, but can you praise him? When you've been grabbed, dragged, lied about, stripped down, Rod severely beaten you in your life, throw you into prison, put you in an inner dungeon, and put shackles on your feet and hands, can you praise him then? You got to think about what gets your attention. You know, I was, I was telling my wife, and we just moved in her home here in Galton, and I was telling her the other day, I said, man, I fell in love with you all over again. So I told her. I said, I fall in love with you every day. You know why? Because I remember when she first got my attention, and I did everything to show her that I loved her as a husband. Have I been a failure as a husband? Yes, there's times I failed. We're not perfect. None of us are. But you're trying your best. When, and, and do you realize that when you think about that in reference to God, when you're praying and praising God, that gets God's attention in heaven. When you're praying and praising him, so no matter what you're going through, when you have this stuff that's going on in your life, when you turn your worry into worship, you get God's attention in that relationship, and then God wants to see what he can do and step in for you. I've been loving and serving my wife for 31 years, and, and she knows that I love her, and I serve her, and it gets her attention, and she loves me. But that's just like the relationship is with God. God, whenever you begin to say, I'm not going to let the enemy uh, distract me to attack me, me i'm going to be one who is going to rise above the circumstances i'm going to be one that's not going to worry i'm going to worship and then my god is going to turn the battles into blessings for his glory and his honor that's when things begin to change church that's what god wants to do he wants to do that for you so you're praying to god and you're praising god then look out you're preparing god to step in on your behalf. Check out what it says here in verse, first part of verse 26 in Acts 16. Suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundation. Now just imagine in this here, God's children can get God's attention. He watches on earth and he hears his kids praising him. But at this moment, it's different. When God hears Paul and Silas praising him, he's the all-knowing God who is noticing the, how they have been severely beaten and how they have been treated and they're still praising his holy name do you follow that there and get that and all of a sudden god 
gets, it gets God's attention and he gets their attention, God's attention on their situation. And no doubt he calls out to Gabriel and he says, Gabriel, crank up the earthquake machine. We're fixing to do something here. He didn't crank up the earthquake machine just to say and send an angel say, peace be unto you. No, he cranks up an earthquake and says, hey, I'm going to step into this situation because I hear my kids that's been hurting and broken and are in pain and they're praising me in this moment. So who can send an earthquake to shake up your situation? Who can send an earthquake when you're praising him and in your prison of pain? God can send an earthquake and he can do something for you. Nobody can do that and shake things up other than God. Can I get a witness, church, right? God's the only one that can do that. So when you stop worrying, you just start worshiping, you're going to see where God is preparing to step into your circumstances. Look at the last part of the verse here. This is amazing, the last part of verse 26. It says, all the doors immediately, I'm talking millisecond, flew open and the chains, woo, <laughs> the chains of every prisoner fell off. What a miracle that we are reading about that God did. And it's only because Paul and Silas were worshiping. But here's what, they were the only ones worshiping God. But the, the chains fell off every prisoner. Every prisoner, do you know that freedom came through their praising? Freedom came through their thanksgiving. Did you know that you're praising God? can set someone else free. Did you know that, church? You're praising God can set someone else free. Dad, when you begin to praise God, when things aren't going so in the house, your family takes note of that. They see you praising God despite of the circumstances. Listen, whenever you're praising God at work and you're praising God in front of a co-worker and other co-workers around you, it gets their attention. They take notice. You're praising God despite of your situation. Listen, you praise God, single moms, when you get your eyes off your circumstances and you get it on the Savior, people's taking note of that. You're praising God even in the times of your terrible health conditions. You know what people are doing? Other people are listening. They're listening to you. Listening to you. You know, I read 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. But I want you to think about the situation here with Paul telling the church at Thessalonica two verses before that. And look what it says. He says, always be joyful. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. Because I don't want to put you in a position to lie in the Lord's house. And I will be the first to say, I cannot raise my hand and say, I am always joyful. So why would Paul say, always be joyful? Then he says in verse 17, never stop praying. Never stop praying. Some other versions say, pray without ceasing. But then we pick up with the verse we read as our foundational teaching day, and it says, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Do you understand why Paul is saying this to the church of Thessalonica? Because Paul practiced what he preached about. You see that? 
You see, in Acts 17, the very next chapter, I don't know if you've read this or not, and I hope you'll go and take time to read it this week, but they went to Thessalonica, and they shared the gospel, and they faced opposition again. But two years later, when Paul was in Corinth, Paul wrote this letter to the Thessalonican church for those who believed and received Christ as their Lord. And he said, you know what? I want you to be joyful because our joy and our prayers and our thankfulness should not fluctuate with our circumstances nor our feelings. That's what Paul was saying to them. Why? Because when we do God's will, beginning with learning to praise him, even in the times of the most heavy pain at your head, then it's easier for you and I to be thankful. You know, was, I know a lot of times as a pastor, a lot of times people have misconceptions of pastors and, and they think that pastors, they just don't really deal with circumstances. They just think that you know, we have these war angels around us all the time and they just fight off every problem, every struggle, every stress, every strain. Church is just not true. The difference between you and me is I have a different calling than you have. I have a higher standard to stand for in the calling. You know, it's weak, you know, I've just come out of this COVID crap. Can I say that? Is that okay? And, uh, Blood pressure got up to 168 over 122. Those of you that's in the medical field, you know that's not good. I just didn't feel right. And um, whenever your health seems to be at bay and you're thinking, you always think what if. You ever think what if? I do sometimes, I think what if. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and I got a little emotional. I said, you know what? I know where I'm going when I leave this world. I know where I'm going to spend eternity. Thank God I went to my doctor and talked to her and things got straightened out and, and thank God my BP's coming down. But if we could just always think and live with an eternal mindset in a physical world, with a spiritual mindset in a physical world, I promise you that all of us could be joyful and never stop praying. And we could thank God in all circumstances by doing His will. So I just want to take this moment and just, I want to tell you guys, most of the time I just do an encouragement, but I, as a pastor of this church, I am so honored. be your pastor I take this calling serious so serious so I just want to say thank you to you guys for how you share the love of Jesus thank you thank you so much thank you I mean it doesn't matter who comes up here Christian or someone far from God you love them 
doesn't matter if it's a first-time guest or somebody's been here for years. You love them and you have a reputation for loving them. Thank you for loving them. It doesn't matter if they're a member. You treat them like Jesus would treat them. Thank you. Love you guys for that. It's just amazing that you do that. And something else, I just want to thank you guys for being a church family who share the Lord and, and, and just share the Lord of hope and how that you serve. See, a lot of times people think, well, the secret of church growth is a good pastor. No, it's not. The secret of church growth is the family that love one another and serve the kingdom of God. You as volunteers and what you do to make a difference in other people's lives, when you get your lives, you get your eyes off yourself and you serve other people. That is the very heart of our church family. Thank you for being volunteers that do that in your life. Listen, it wouldn't happen. This church would not happen if it wasn't for the volunteers in our church. Thank you. I want to thank you also for your sacrifice and faith. You have been a faithful church. Those of you that take very serious that each week, as Paul told the church at Corinth, you set apart of the blessings that God has given you financially, and you bring tithes and offerings in here each week. You take that very serious. And we take it very serious as a church family that we take those tithes and offerings and we use them for God's glory. We use them for our very existence to reach people to know God. And doing that locally and globally, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. What you're doing is for the kingdom of Almighty God, which is truly out of this world. So I want to tell you, get bogged down with your circumstances and situations and problems and things you can't see through stop letting the devil distract you so he can attack he can attack you and take you further away from your relationship with God because let me tell you something church this is not our home we're sojourners we're pilgrims we're just passing through and here's what's most important we all have a checkout time or check-in place in eternity most important. I love what Hebrews 13 and verse 14 says in the Living Bible. It says, For this world is not our home. We're looking forward to our everlasting home in heaven. How many of you are looking forward to our everlasting home in heaven? I know I am. And you say, well, I don't want to die. I don't want to go today. Prop me upside the jukebox. No, no, no. Let me tell you something. I don't want you to go until God's ready for you. Because when you're still here and you're living and breathing, God has a purpose for you. And God has a will for you to accomplish. Because whenever I'm telling you in this verses right here that his purpose is bigger than your problems. And God's vision for your life is bigger than anything, you circumstances you go through in any day. Do you understand what that means with purpose? Do you understand what that means with vision? That means he has a direction for your actions. God has a direction for your actions in your life. So you know what's so great about heaven? That one day when we get there, there's not going to be any, uh, any AIDS. There's not going to be any cancer. There's not going to be any COVID. There's not going to be any divorce. There's not going to be any sex trafficking. There's not going to be any rape. There's not going to be stress. There's not going to be struggles. There's not going to be any strains. It's going to be a place where Almighty God, His Son, is going to light up heaven. There's not going to be any night there. And we're going to be able to praise our amazing Savior for all of eternity on top of that. And it don't get any better than that church Woo. stop
stop worrying and start worshiping, praying to God, praising God, and preparing God to show up in any circumstances that you might be going through. Now, here's, here's the truth. I don't know what you need freedom from. I don't know what you need a miracle and what you're asking God for. But here's what I do know, according to the Word of God. Praying and praising God is the key. Gratitude is what's going to bring about the miracle in your life, and it's going to release the power of Almighty God. And instead of complaining about your problems, you need to start counting your blessings. In just a few days, we're going, we're going to celebrate Thanksgiving all across this great United States of America. And the irony is about Thanksgiving is on that day, we'll do very little giving thanks. I'm picking on me first. If I point at you, i got three wiggling back at me, right? We'll pray before we eat, and that's really, to be honest, it's about it. Most of our day is going to be preoccupied with football, cooking, and eating, and sleeping in comatose after eating turkey. I want to challenge you this year, listen to me. For Thanksgiving, I want to challenge you to make this coming Thursday a different Thanksgiving day. I want to challenge you to spend time thanking God. If nothing else, just before you eat, you know how you can get people to praise and thank God? Everybody's got to praise and thank God for something, or you just say, don't touch the food. But how about you just, I, I just like to do that this time. I like to just go around the room and just say, you know what? There's a lot of things we need to be praising our Heavenly Father for. So when it comes to the greatest wireless connection that we'll have, no matter what you're facing, let me tell you what it is. It's praying and it's praising and it's preparing for God's breakthrough for no matter what you're going through. Would you stand with me as we pray? Father, we love you so much. And God, as each one that physically can, can stand on holy ground. And for those that are watching online, Heavenly Father, I pray, God, and thank you that you've brought us this far for this time and this purpose for this moment. Thank you, Heavenly Father. God, I want to pray for those, God, and everyone here, God, that you will do something absolutely incredible in us and through us as we stand in awe of you. We praise you, Heavenly Father, and thank you, God. Because you're a God that your purpose is bigger than our problems and your vision for our lives is bigger than any circumstances we go through in any given day. God, we praise you and we pray to you and we honor you as we prepare for miracles that you have for each of us. Do a mighty work, God. In each one, for each one, through each one, for their life around them. As we continue praying, I want you to listen to me closely as you stand there thinking about God with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. I didn't go on through this story, but I don't know if you knew this, but whenever the jailer realized in this story that the prison doors had flew open, he thought that all the prisoners would escape and he was about to take his own life was at, was at the, as the culture of that day because that's what he would do. Paul and Silas stopped him and told him, we're all here. This jailer was so overcome that he asked this vital question. He said to Paul and Silas, what must I do to be saved? And it is the most important question that you and I will ever ask, what must I do to be saved? 
And today, I want to tell you, like Paul told them, that Jesus Christ came. Jesus Christ was the Messiah. He lived on this earth. He was tempted like we're tempted, but yet he never sinned. And we're all born and we're all sinners and we need a Savior. And Jesus died on the cross of Calvary, shedding his life's blood for the remission of our sins. And on the third day, he was resurrected and came back to life. He was seen of over 500 people, lived here 40 more days, and then went back to heaven to make intercession for me and you. That's Jesus. Today, if you've never received Jesus as Lord and you feel his convicting power in your life right now, that means he wants you to know him. He wants to come into your heart. So would you pray to him if you feel that and just tell him, say, Jesus, I invite you into my life. I invite you into my heart if you've never done it before. And tell him, say, Lord, I want to be saved by you. I believe in you. Tell him that. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I don't want to live for me any longer. I want to live for you. I confess my sins to you, Jesus. Save me from my sins. I give my life to you. If you pray this prayer with sincerity of your heart, with the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and you just truly prayed that, and you felt that sense of peace come into your soul, and a heavy load is lifted off of you, Jesus just saved your soul and gave you salvation through his shed blood of Calvary. Thank him for that. He's going to give you the power of the Holy Spirit so that you can have great victory as you walk in a world with him. And I want to tell you, I want you to let us know that today. Please come to the Connection Center and say, I gave my life to Christ. We want to give you a brand new Bible as a moment. This particular day, November 22nd, you gave your life to the Lord. You don't have time to do that at least take a card out of the out of the back seat and mark it and we will follow up with you and we will talk to you to ensure that you receive christ as lord it is the beginning not the end so let us know that father we love you so much and we thank you god that we can praise you even in the most difficult times i pray god your hand be upon each life here and god may we praise you and honor you despite anything we go through for it is god your will that we learn to praise you even in those times Thank you, God. We love you and lift your name on high. Thank you for every bountiful blessing that flows from you. All gifts comes down from the Father of lights. In your name we pray. Amen. Can we give him praise today, church? Can we give him praise? Good morning, everyone. I hope you guys enjoyed today's service. I just wanted to kind of wrap up and give you guys some next steps. If you have given your life to Christ today, that's awesome, and we want to know about it. Um, if you are watching online or on the app, we have a little hamburger icon you can click on, and it'll take you to the connection card, and you can just mark that for us. And if you're on Facebook, if you go to the description, you can find a link, and it'll take you to the connection card. While you're there, you might see some other next steps. If you're interested in any of those next steps, just mark that too, and um, we'll get that, and we'll be more than happy to work with you about your walk with Christ and what um, is going to happen after today. We're going to move into a time of giving. Here at Freedom Church, we believe that you can't outgive God. If you are on the app or the website, you can just go to that same um, icon and click the link to give, and if you're on Facebook, you can go to the link in the description. Um, and if you would like to send in your tithe, you can do that. We'll have the address to the church right here on the screen, and we'll get that safe and secure. We hope you guys have a great day and peace out.